God's in his heaven, all's right with the world. Which is a secret shout out to fucking Phil out there for another dick lover special. Hey, hey! Hit the theme music! That's a reference that went over your head. Yes, it's yeah. a well, what's a reference to our wonderful conversations <laughs> on the author Philip K. Dick, because this is Slow Readers. Slow Readers. Your weekly fast-paced literature podcast. Brought to you by Top Count Radio. Here, the conversation's always on books. It's always on calling out challenges. It's always on dick. It's always on Philip K. Dick. It's always on Lucy Maud Montgomery. It's always on Neon Genesis Evangelion, the anime that I used to watch all the time as a kid, and also challenges to Phil about who knows what about what. It's also about the works of Isao Takahata, adapter and director of the Japanese anime adaptation of A Certain Book. And continuing our fascination with Studio Ghibli. Totes. <laughs> yeah, that's a thing that's going to happen. We're cool dudes. Uh, welcome to your listener readers. Hello, everyone. Um, Gabriel, so that was kind of a sloppy intro uh-huh. on my behalf. Uh, <laughs> sure. Uh, who and what are you, sir? Hello, everyone. My name is Gabe Mara. I'm a comedian every now and again. I'm a writer and a podcast producer. And every now and again, if you're lucky enough, you'll catch me behind a bar. Mm. Co-host, who are you? I am Daniel Gonzalez. Hello, Daniel. I'll Audio producer, editor, writer, and an author Hmm. of some note. Of note! Uh, And Gabriel, this Uh is a very special episode. One, because technically this is the Thanksgiving episode. Uh, uh, Yeah. We're doing nothing about this. We're not even reading an American book. No, we're not. Fuck no. This shit's Canadian. Canadian as hell. Yeah. And uh, and also there's something else. There's another big holiday. It was... Miley Cyrus's birthday. Oh, Gabriel, you always, you, you keep taking the attention away from you. It's your life day. It is. It's my life day. It was another rotation oh, around oh, the sun. Oh. I don't remember the, th- the music that they do in the Star Wars holiday I've special. I've never known it. Yeah. Happy life day, you all. Happy life day. And Gabriel, yes. I have something for you. You do? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't know if I was going to give this to you yesterday since we kind of had a mini <laughs> celebration. Yay. All right. All right. What did you get me, Daniel? What did I get you, Gabriel? You got me What I Talk About When I Talk About Running by Haruki Murakami, one of my all-time favorite authors. Yay. Thank you, Daniel. No problem. And also, maybe, maybe it'll also, because you started taking hiking, uh, you started hiking a little bit more. So I like, did maybe, indeed. So maybe this is also something that's going to like kind of, you know. Fun enough, this morning I went for a hike up uh, in Burbank and I spent the whole time listening to Norwegian Wood. That's a confluence. That's called synergy, baby. <laughs> good, no, good, mm-hmm. good, uh, good note. Oh boy, I don't, I don't, listen. <laughs> I'm not talking so well this time. <laughs> yes, but yeah, it was my birthday, and it is my birthday pick. Mm-hmm. Daniel, what was your birthday pick back in May? I don't fucking. Remember. I think I kind of like blew it. <laughs> uh, really, I think I felt, feel like we did like some like Hemingway or Oat stuff. I, I, I feel like, like, like you're like you're... I feel like I took a wild shot at something. Mm. I don't remember what it was though. I mean, it's not like be I hard to look, look up, up or anything. Oh, yeah, yeah, Tweet at us. Tweet at us. AK, I'm going to look it up right now. But Gabriel, mm-hmm. so this is, you could have picked anything in the world yeah. for this episode, your Life Day episode. Yeah, my Life Day episode. So Gabriel, what the fuck did you end up picking? Ladies and gentlemen, you've heard me talk about it ad nauseum. I selected book one in the series. It is Lucy Maud Montgomery's Anne of Green Gables, Pushing. published in 1908. Motherfucker! Yay! 1908. This is more than 100 years old at this it point. It is. Isn't that fucking wild? And Gabriel. Yep. Uh... Oh yeah, no. I was gonna before we actually start talking about the book itself. Um, I believe he did some a little bit of research into the author, whose name is I always forget because it's like initials in the name. I don't remember the name Montgomery. Uh-huh. It's L M Montgomery. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Lucy Maud. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see here. I have some research for you. Um, 
I really hate to bring to start this whole thing on a down <laughs> note, but I, I hope I hope this isn't tearing anybody down. If those of you who are Grand of Green Gables fans, completely unironically, I'm a huge fan of this book and the series. And I'm sorry to tell you, if you don't know already, um, Lucy Maud's life was very, very sad. Mm. There was a lot of bad shit that went down in her life, and it's just, it's rumored she killed herself. So it was not a good time. Yeah, and um, and the small research that I did about this, I think, because uh, I I don't know anything about her having like a tragic life, but I did hear about that's it's a controversial ending. Yes, to her, that's a weird way to put it. And one and one and maybe a nice note. The only solace she ever had was writing. So these books always brought her joy. So we can find some joy out of that. And that's if you know. Fuck yeah, I'll raise my drink to that. If that's not what Anne of Green Gables is about, then it's about nothing. Mm. So here's some information on Lucy Mott. Born November 30th in 1874 in Clifton, Prince Edward Island in Canada. Which is north of New England? Canada. Yeah, it's on like it's um it's I on, do like, not the, know anything about geography. If, if you look at the uh, if you look at like the the I can't get Scott Ackerman's kind of description of how the America shaped. Okay. He calls like the north, the northeast of America, like leading up to Maine, America's erect penis. Sure. So uh, that's exactly. So I'm like, it's like it's, it's north of the erect penis. If you go there, yeah, you see how it kind of like it goes to up there. It goes along the border of Canada, and like right at the tip, there's a bunch of like islands and whatnot. This is fuck. What's it called? Prince Edward Island. Prince Edward Island. Thank you. Yes. Um. But yeah, that's it's 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 there. Yeah, it's up on top around their parts. So um, in a parallel to Anne's upbringing, um, uh, Lucy Maud's mother, um, Clara McNeil, died of TB when Lucy was only twenty-one years old, and her father, Hugh John Montgomery, stricken with grief, just dropped Lucy with her with her maternal grandparents because he just couldn't handle it. Hey, how old was a was a Maud when twenty one months old. Okay, I was gonna say I was very confused in your research. I kept on seeing that as years. I'm like, she was twenty one years old. They dropped off yeah. custody. No, I thought you just said that because I actually, I mean, not to get ahead, but for a game and whatnot that might have to do with Anne of Green Gables, I saw mm-hmm. that like she she was like like roughly two years old when her mother died, and I thought you said twenty one years, and I was like, what? No, twenty one <laughs> months. Okay, all right. Yeah, um, and she was raised by her grandparents in Cavendish, um, Prince Edward Island. Oh wait, no, sorry, Cavendish, which is you know in near enough Prince Edward Island. And uh, it's also where um where the Anne of Green Gables farmhouse is, which is really neat. I'm going to go to Cavendish one day. Hmm. Um, she had a very lonely and sad childhood being raised by her grandparents. She had imaginary friends named Katie Maurice and Lucy Gray, just like in the book, which uh-huh. is great. And she credits this imagination-filled, lonely childhood for making her want to be a writer. She published yeah. A, yeah, baby. She published a poem called On Cape Le Fosse in um, the Daily Patriot in Charlottetown, which is nice. She went to Prince of Wales College and became a teacher. There are a lot of parallels to Anne's journey, which is here, but as we'll find out later, the older she got, the more she wanted to tell stories about slightly sadder adults, <laughs> which is just unfortunate. And nice news, much like Emily of New Moon. Here I'm quoting from a Wikipedia article because that's mm-hmm. where all my research is from. Uh, also, Emily of New Moon, the other major series written by Montgomery. Yes. yes. Here's from the article. During solitary walks through the peaceful countryside, Montgomery started to experience what she called, quote, the flash. It's a moment of tranquility and clarity when she felt an emotional ecstasy and was inspired by the awareness of a higher spiritual power running through nature. Montgomery's accounts of this flash later served as a basis for descriptions of Anne Shirley's sense of emotional communion of nature. So she, um, uh, here's an actual quote from her in her journal. Okay. 
Amid the commonplaces of life, I was very near to a kingdom of ideal beauty. Between it and me hung only a thin veil. I could never quite draw it aside, but sometimes a wind fluttered it, and I seemed to catch a glimpse of the enchanting realm beyond only a glimpse, but those glimpses have always made life worthwhile. You know, Again, yeah. things got real sad. You know, the same thing happened to uh, Sir William Gull in uh, in the, the From Hell graphic novel. He had the flash? and uh, Well, he had a mild... He st- tapped into the speed force? He, he had a mild stroke and might have seen, uh, or, or seen or in his head or in actuality, uh, a vision of God. Mm. And uh, that's why, that's when he started going crazy and he became Jack the Ripper. Oh, yeah. dear. Well, uh, I mean, Alan Moore would know. Which is fiction. Yes. To- totally. <laughs> For people out there who don't know From Hell. I mean. Yes. <laughs> boy, oh, boy. Um, so she went on to become a teacher. She studied literature at a college in Nova Scotia and Halifax. She didn't really like teaching, but she liked it because she got to write in her free time. Mm-hmm. Um, she published over a hundred short stories between 1897 and 1907. Nice. She really liked to write. It was her one and only thing that was her escape from misery, including, um, I'll skip all this craziness about her love, love affairs as a young person. Mm-hmm. She shut down a bunch of marriage proposals from dorks. But in 1908, she published Anne of Green Gables and she was 37 years old. Mm-hmm. And the book was an immediate success, except the American press often, uh, the press of it was saturated with a lot of condescension about her work. <laughs> Here's a quote from a, a magazine. Oh, no, I, I have, hold on. It was a really, really, like, like really unfortunate quote, a mocking her. It's okay. kind of drag. <laughs> Um, for being Canadian? It was something like that. It was just kind of being like, like, oh, what a good job little Miss Montgomery did telling stories about these bumpkins and backwards-ass Canada. <laughs> what a nice message. It's nothing you'd find here in America where we're advanced and modern people, but isn't it a nice little thing that Miss Montgomery wrote? And you know, like, she wasn't like a little dove. She was 37 years old and a published yeah. author. She's the best-selling um, like, Canadian author of all time. Mm-hmm. which makes, is just great yeah that makes sense i mean again not to yeah I, I have no idea what like the second place would be for that but yeah, yeah. Didn't, until that makes sense i know that this book has essentially um pretty much and I mean, you might even have a note there has been always in print since yeah it came since out, it came right? out and like um as i've told, message mentioned before earlier yeah. um um Anne of Green Gables has a weirdly huge life in Japan. Yes. Of all places, the Japanese love Anne of Green Gables. Yeah. Do you have information on that in there? I do not. Okay. Because I actually, because I was looking up other Ooh. things. Uh, I forgot her name, but there's a, there's a woman who translated this into in Japanese. Oh, and she had like a series about her life. There, She's like basically a lot of, a lot of like the reason why the Japanese love Anne of Green Gables, which is called, I think like Anne the Red-Haired Girl or something like something that. Something like that. Um, In Japan. Um, But like... Like a lot of that is because of this woman who translated it, and like mm. there's like some really interesting, just like th- like there's a lot of attention on her because essentially she's almost just as popular as Montgomery is with yeah. Green Gables, and like I read this really nice quote where like she said that uh, if me if I grew up with Montgomery, me and her would be bosom buddies. Oh, bosom friends. Bosom friends. Sorry. Yes. Um. Yeah. Not, not Tom Hanks and Peter Scolari. <laughs> bosom buddies. Your dearest bosom friend. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's really nice. But yeah. That reminds me, Daniel, did I ever tell you about my idea to make a TV show about the lady who made Poldark, the TV show? Mm -hmm. Because it's kind of ridiculous, and her name's Debbie Horsefield, and you know, he was called (laughs) Horsefield. That sounds like, uh, you know, I tell you what, that's a good title, Horsefield. Yeah. Except, like, I feel like if that was about anything other than horses, mm-hmm. like, you're fucked. <laughs> well, no, I mean, what's Poldark? But so, yeah, it would basically be a Poldark is that. Poldark is a name. It's not it's two. A name. It's not but two. But that's her name. It's, it's Horsefield. It's not two pl- regular words <laughs> slammed together. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was about a dark Poland man. Man from Poland, a Poldark. Overfield. Yes. It was great. Horsefield. Yes. Anyway. 
Um, so she was, um, here's a fun little fact about the thing. Um, Montgomery was inspired by a photograph of Ezlin, Evelyn Nesbitt, an actress, to inspire her um, about Anne mm-hmm. for a youthful idolism and spirituality. And she was inspired by, quote unquote, formula Anne orphan stories. I guess like, maybe that's where little orphan Annie comes from. And, you yeah, know, maybe, yeah. the reason why Anne spells Anne of an E is to separate her from formula Anne stories. Mm-hmm. And uh, now on to the really dark stuff. Um, <laughs> she married a guy named Ewan McDonald, a Presbyterian minister, and he was apparently not very smart or interesting. Uh-huh. Quote, Montgomery, I would not want him for a lover, but I hope at first that I might find a friend in him. <laughs> they had three sons, one of which was a still one of which was a stillborn. Mm. Um, a lot of interesting shit about her in World War One. She was like completely consumed by World War One, like writing letters trying to encourage kids, like mom, young men, to volunteer for it. Okay. Until she grew disillusioned of all the death and everything, and it haunted her for the rest of her days. That's interesting. Yeah, um, but her husband uh, suffered from religious melancholia, and eventually he became kind of like a. How do I describe this? He became a man who lost his faith entirely, believed they were all going to hell, especially his wife and children, and um, eventually um, uh, became a kind of a depressive, um, crazy person who um, often beat his wife. Okay. So, right. 10 out of that's 10, what, not chill. That's what's want to happen, I guess. Yeah. So, all throughout this, and because of the results of living with her husband and already her own temperament, Montgomery herself slid into depression, mm-hmm. having to take care of her awful, crazy, sad husband, who lit- apparently spent literally hours and hours staring into space when he wasn't raging at her mm-hmm. because of like his religious conviction. Everyone knows that means he was gay. Anyway, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Anyway, um, she died in um, April 24th, 1942, at the age of 67 in Toronto home. Mm-hmm. Um, cause of death was coronary thrombosis or vi- um, blood clot inside a blood vessel. But also it suggested that it might have been uh, suicide from depression and an overdose. Here was a note found on her bedside. I have lost my mind by spells and I do not dare think what I may do in these spells. May God forgive me and hope everyone else will forgive me, even if they cannot understand. My position is too awful to endure and nobody realizes it. What an end to a life in which I always try to do my best. Yeah, and I know that that sometimes that has been disputed, and like I think it's even like family members who like kind of go back and forth. Where um, I think like the one daughter or granddaughter possibly was yes. like very forward about like how like mm-hmm. yeah, by the way, she might have done this. We it's not we shouldn't be ashamed to talk about this. Like yeah. we need to talk about this. And meanwhile, I think like one of the other kids was like was like you know that that page was was from, from a journal. Was, I think it was from like a like a work that she was doing. It was called like Life Work that was based mm-hmm. on a, it was a novel, which is like. Like kind of just like a, it's like that's a little too much of an inconvenience. It's like yeah. oh the last thing she wrote that sounds like a suicide note that was part of the fiction in yeah, the it was, thing. It was a book she was writing the, in bed. The character in the book was going to kill herself. Well, she accidentally took a little too many pills. Yeah, I mean that's that's a little too much. Yeah, she was addicted to like our, our bitch woods from one. I believe I so. At the end. So um, Ella Montgomery had a hard life, but you know she made a lot of people happy. So yeah, and I mean definitely she I I mean she's been very successful in terms of like the books, and I know that um. Uh, uh, just to uh, tack on a little bit, a couple extra things that you yeah, tack I, it on, baby. I know that um, she was kind of like reluctant at first to make more Anne books, mm-hmm. I guess, which is kind of crazy because I think the next one came out like the next year. Yeah. <laughs> um. Also, something very fun I I I, I saw. I wasn't too sure because I was I was gonna really get into like details, but I didn't like half of what you said was gonna be in the stuff that you basically did, yeah uh-huh. what you just said. Um, uh, much like Anne as a kid, uh, she did not like being called Lucy. 
Oh, she yeah? was mod, and she very specifically was like, it's mod with an E. I didn't know that. So, yeah. And also, it could also be bullshit, because some of these things you can never tell. Yeah, it's the internet. <laughs> I just Googled it in such... But uh, I know that she really didn't like Lucy, that she was mod to her friends. Hmm. But anyway. That's cool. So, Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. Uh, very interesting facts. Yeah, Montgomery, a very, very interesting woman and whatnot. Um, but that said, yeah. this Anne of Green Gables thing, mm-hmm. what is it about? Well, gee. Also, how many times have you read this? Um, I've read the book about three times, and mm-hmm. I've listened to the audiobook maybe about five or six times. Wow. Um, mostly because I would just put it on while I was doing bar prep, and because I'm a good bar employee, I show up two hours before I'm supposed to show up and start juicing. You hear that, bartenders? You hear that, bartenders? Right. I'm working on a whole manifesto. Anyway, um, so basically, it has like nothing to do with bartending. Nothing at all. It's all political. Yeah, we're just word snowflakes over and over again. Mm. But um, yeah, um, I've I've listened to this thing and read this thing many times over. Cool. And what was the first time you read it? So the first time I've heard, well, should I tell them what this book's about? No. Never. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, no. Okay. Let's uh, let's get into Gabriel. What's uh, what's Anne of Green Gables about? So Anne of Green Gables, you'd be forgiven for thinking it's just your average little orphan girl story. Orphan girl. girl. A little orphan girl. <laughs> little orphan girl story. Um, a young lady who's about eleven years old named Anne Shirley, who's been bounced around like homes. She gets taken in by the Cuthberts, a brother and sister named Marilla and Matthew. Mm-hmm. Initially, they don't know what to do with her because they wanted a little boy. But there's just something about Anne's personality. She's very optimistic. She's very headstrong. She has a bit of a temper, but she's a very, very bright and shiny girl. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, basically, imagine Leslie Nope if she was in ninth, in like the late 19th century as a farm girl. Yeah, Leslie Nope from Parks and Recreation. Yes, indeed. Okay. So, yeah, th- that was a tie-in for me there. Yeah. And um, it's all about her adventures growing up. Um, the book ends of her at about age 16. How she grows up in the community gets in little scrapes and strange little, like, you know, troubles. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, that's kind of it. There's not, this is not a plot heavy book. Yeah. I mean, it's quite it, episodic. I mean, in a sense, um, unlike the stories that we read last time, like this, this is like a, basically a series of things happening in the life of, of Anne. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it's hard to like, it's hard to talk about it because as you, it's like episodic, yeah. you know, and and we don't want to go by episode by episode by episode. Yeah. You, unless you do want to just, it's, it'll almost be like a, like a laundry list of just like the, th- mm-hmm. the things that happen in this. Yeah. Um, but she get, wins over dudes and ladies. And also from what I understand is that this book, uh, I believe she's, it's, uh, her age between like 12 and 16. Yes. I think, I think she's 11 when she arrives. Is she 11 when she arrives? I think so. Okay. Well, she's 11 when she arrives in the beginning and by the end she's like 16 and whatnot. Yes. Uh, and I think basically, uh, when I, on, wikipedia uh, mm-hmm. that basically you can see like each individual book is like a different stage for life yes and i think like uh i forgot how old she is like by the end chronologically but she's like in her like 40s or something yeah like she that. has kids and etc by that time um i think the last one of the last books rilla of ingleside is about one of her daughters yeah that's right yes. like like the last two or something like that yeah. were about I'm, like i'm currently reading book three i think it's about her granddaughters oh it's her it? granddaughter i think so that might make sense well how, how about this have you read any of the other and... oh i'm only in book three okay yeah, so out of, out of like, out of six, six, six? is that yes. it? Might be eight. I think it's more. I think it's. I think it's eight, bro. I have the box set right over there. I can grab it. I don't know if that's all of them. To be honest, if it's only six. Hmm. There, there was some publishing problems where um uh, some of the rights got iffy. Uh-huh. Like if you um pick up a random edition, sometimes you'll find that book four of Wendy Poplar's is missing. 
Okay. That, yeah, it's it's really tricky. There's an entire chapter of her life where she got into really bitter legal battles over the publication of Anne. Yeah, that's what, that's what's want to happen. Yeah. Um, and the another fun thing is that I know like some of them are also like out of order. Like I think like she came back and like like published the stories that like happened when she was like in she went through the keyhole it something like that I don't mm-hmm. know. but all right cool and, uh, and gabriel um yeah, yeah this time this is my first time with this book uh-huh. i listened to it yeah because gabriel you gave me your audible uh uh <laughs> you put, put your audible on my thing and um yeah no i listened to the uh, who read it uh rachel mcadams yes uh not the person i'd imagine would be the person to read this yeah. Um. I don't know. Is she? She's not Canadian, is she? I, I. I hope she's Canadian. She says sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And sorry. I don't know if like that's just like a, you know like her being a like in being character an one or if it's her just like Daniel. Being... Time to look it up. Where is Rachel McAdams from? I am looking up Anne of Green Gables. I thought you were going to get into the history of Evelyn Nesbitt. Who I has a very interesting history? You want to tell us all about that? Uh, I want to tell you actually. Yeah, well, you look these th- these two things up: how many books and whatnot, in the order, mm-hmm. and how old she was, including the other thing. Uh, Evelyn Nisbet, in brief, was basically a teenage model in like the very early 20th century, and uh, she was basically raised very much in the spotlight. She was very much like an it girl back in the day. Oh, but it back but back then oh. she was essentially raised by like adults who are keeping her in like the adult celebrity life. So she had like a lot of like older gentlemen who are like calling on her constantly and like basically i think the the most notorious part of her life was that i believe she like this is when she was an adult Mm -hmm. a young adult uh she like her husband was shot to death by like the older man who essentially was like dating her off and on since she was a teenager there are eight books in the series a Mm -hmm. ninth was published in 2009 very very much posthumously yeah and how how old uh well, there's there's six books about Anne of Green Gables, okay, and then books seven, eight, and nine are about like Anne's children or neighborhood. Okay, well, how, all right, but all right, yeah. So that's it, it's just like a little bit of interesting that apparently it is like like that is covered in a lot of historical fiction and like American pop culture of like 20th century. Evelyn Nesbitt. So, yeah. Hmm. Because again, like. That's quite scandalous. As you can imagine, like, you know, a beautiful young woman and girl, uh, like, basically getting involved with, like, a fucking murder and, like, beca- and the one guy's, like, a fucking psychopath and shit. Yeah. Anyway. Rachel McAdams, born in London, Ontario. London? Yes. Okay. Um, Cavendish, where, um, uh, what's it called? Or Clifton, where she was born, is now known as New London. There's a New London? Yes. Where Clifton, where um, Lucy Maud was born. Okay. Yes. I'll accept that. <laughs> um, to answer your earlier question, when did I first read this? Yes. Um, very funnily enough, um, so I read this for the first time only a couple of years ago. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe last year, shit. Um, I read I, a lot in a year or two. Yeah, it, it became kind of a comfort read for me. Okay. Um, I went to a wedding, mm-hmm. and uh, part of the um, groom's vows where uh, these were these were academics so they were like very very sweet people and they were all like crazy book people joyce quotes well kind of <laughs> there was a there was a bunch of robert burns poems hey but part of his um vows mentioned that um uh it's uh the ring he got and his way he proposed to her was from the anne of green gables series and mm. i'm like oh that's cool okay and i don't know why that stuck with my mind it was a very sweet wedding and so when I went to a bookstore in Doylestown, Pennsylvania, used Doylestown. bookstore, I found the copy that's in front of Daniel right now for like $3. The price is probably still in there. Is it, It's a used book? Yeah, it's a used book. Okay. It was a used copy. And you know, there's something about it. One ninety five. It was one ninety five in Doylestown, Pennsylvania. Deal. And I just, there was just something about it and I really wanted to grab it. 
I started on reading it like that day and I was immediately captivated by the writing and uh, the, the rest is history. I just read it over and over again. Yeah. And uh, I was uh, I was interested in reading the uh, Emily of New Moon books because uh, in the show whose name I'm forgetting. Russian Doll. Russian Doll. Thank you. I keep wanting to call it Fleabag. Sure. <laughs> um, but, but you uh, should also watch. Yeah. And, like those two shows were like out around the same time and everyone's just like, you should watch them. You should watch them. I'm like, ah, I'll get around to it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, she... Um, uh, uh, Natasha Leon makes a really great case that she was a she was a fan she was a bigger fan of uh, Emily of New Moon because in her great words because Emily was darker. <laughs> Emily's darker. Everybody liked Anne. Yeah, I like that. That's cool. Yeah. I think Emily of New Moon. I I because like I from what I understand I don't know if you even read. I have not. Book. I've been okay. trying to get copies. Um, but uh, I think like the stories are kind of especially that first book are very similar. Mm. Um, in terms of the fact that I think Emily was also like an orphan. Yes. Um, and in who gets adopted and whatnot. And it's basically the story about her just getting acclimated into a new life. Yeah. And also like there's three books in that series and each of them is like her just like getting older and yeah. like, be, uh, growing into adulthood and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it is darker in the sense that it is more realistic. Yes. Anne of Green Gables is a very optimistic, yes. happy story. It's very, if you like Parks and Recreation, you'll probably like Anne of Green Gables. Yeah. And, um, uh, and a fun thing, I don't know if you know this, uh-huh. Emily of New Moon is much, I mean, uh, Anne idly wants to be a writer she likes writing but then yeah. emily of new moon is all about how emily wants to become a writer yeah and i i think that's what i mean like whereas anne of green gables has like has like some very like poignant kind of like autobiographical things yeah i think emily of new moon is supposed to be more of like more fictional autobiography but um, she had a later character as well um Pat Bush or something who is yeah. even sadder and she has admitted <laughs> no that one's actually me alright so like the sadder the characters get the more it actually has a Montgomery yeah <laughs> I, I really can't overstate I was bummed by all I found about her life but yeah. you know she always kept her chin up until she killed herself um, well, you know what else is really fun? What's that? Is that as you kind of said about like her kind of like like getting a, a bunch of merit proposals, she is notorious, especially for the time and culture, to be a major flirt. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, uh, because not only was she accepting, was she kind of like toying around with, not toying around, that's a weird way to put it, but like she was, yeah, bouncing between two different men. Yes. I think she described him as like, there was there was one very, very sweet man. Edwin who, Simpson. Who she loves but didn't, but couldn't actually be with. Oh, and, no, that and was other... Herman Lurd. Okay, do you actually, do you know? She yeah, has, like, I, I really, over these. She has this really great quote where she said like, one of them I love but can never be with. The other one was, would be great to be with, but I don't think I could ever love. Mm-hmm. So she, and like, they, there was a great moment that she was basically like, had them together at the same, not like, that sounds yeah. like she's fucking them, but uh-huh. uh, like in the same room and she was just, she realized she's like, hey, I, I, I like them both. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I like them. <laughs> yes. And then she uh, married her uh, crazy future uh, husband yeah. um, after a f- secret five-year uh, 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 relationship affair. Mm-hmm. So That was with Herman. Yeah, Herman Merman. Herman Laird. Herman Merman. Um, and if, <laughs> Only and if, slightly less. In a fun thing, in book three where I'm right now, there's a, a flirtatious friend of Anne's named them Philippa. Mm-hmm. And she just goes on and on about her two bows, Alec and Alonzo, and now she can't decide between the two of them. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like yeah. Clearly, mm-hmm. she uh, draws very heavily into like these these things that have happened to her. Charmingly, charmingly. Yes. So Daniel, clearly, I love this book. I yes. love the series. This is your first time getting down on it. You listen to Rachel McAdams read it. Yeah. One Canadian. How did you feel about Anne of Green Gables? I liked it. Like quite a bit. It's charming. Uh-huh. Uh, Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams. At first, um, uh, reading the story, at first I was like, like, yeah, she's okay. 
But like, yeah, like once it once like Anne starts to take uh, center stage and like mm. basically the moment she arrives on the train and Matthew's driving her home and Anne is just like Anne is a very imaginative girl. Yes. Uh, she's very, very imaginative as like a little very girl. Very talkative. And she, and she kind of like kept that up. She's not just like headstrong, whatnot. Mm-hmm. She has like an overactive imagination. Yes. I've like mentioned like that. not even like in a condescending way. It is like an overactive imagination. Yeah. Um, and like and yeah, she's like waxing poetic about the way that how beautiful Green Gables is and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And she's like she's very, very, very open with her emotions yeah. in the sense where she's like pouring her heart out about how much she never had a home and and she misuses words which she, is just like like when she finds out that the, the Cuthberts were like who are you you wanted a boy she goes this is the most tragical thing that has ever happened to me <laughs> yeah it's it's like in very endearing and 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 that's really when Rachel McAdams is very is, is yeah she's is a great, great and reviews on the audible thing are like Rachel McAdams try very hard if anyone but then her Anne is good yeah and that's like you can't complain about that too much because like yeah, no, yeah, that's, she that's, nails that's the main fine. character. I mean, it's fine. I mean, it's very rare you ever hear a, an audiobook where like every single actor is like has has that much characterization and in, in, you know given to them. So, oh, have you ever read them? Um, uh, have you listened to uh, Colin Firth read uh, the end of the affair? There's like three characters in that book. That's fair, but he <laughs> nails all of them. And the the woman in that story is it's just very quiet. Yes. <laughs> anyway. anyway. Uh, so no, no, I mean no, but yeah, no, it's a it's a good book. It's really it's really fun. It's very upbeat and it's very it's um it's incredibly it's very optimistic. I'm still way more interested in this Emily of New Moon because sure. like I would love to see like this kind of story but with like a little more like truthful darkness in it mm-hmm. because that that's just my personal thing. Well, but part- like but no, this is yeah, no, it's fun. There there's like moments I can talk that I very much enjoyed. Mm-hmm. It's hard to talk about this because like like the story as a whole, it isn't like you could essentially take this and break it up into like three different books as well pretty much because it's like the longest one too is it the longest one the rest are shorter okay that's interesting mm-hmm. um because clearly she did this without expecting that this was that there that she was going to yeah. do more so mm-hmm. but all right but, um, I'm, i kind of wish that like i'm glad you listened to the audio version uh-huh. but i kind of wish you you would read it because I, I genuinely really love the writing of it her she's i think that she's very unexpectedly funny um, uh, Montgomery yeah that a lot of her descriptions are very like tongue-in-cheek and mm-hmm. very charming and very very odd it's not just Anne's voice that's very engrossing it's also Montgomery's narration which is very every now and again it's a kind of saucy yeah. but it's also just very very like describes things like, like what's it uh, in non-direct discourse there's a very much like it's inside a head it's very nice yeah no like the it's yeah when the narration becomes a voice that's not just describing things mm-hmm. and whatnot then yeah I, I can see that um yeah no i got i got a bunch of the humor i imagine it would probably sell more if it wasn't just rachel mcadams doing it. not that she did a bad job but yeah. like sometimes that kind of that tone can be weird like i can't imagine what's like listening to somebody read vonnegut yeah because I... like it's like for them just giving like a very straight read about something that is like that vonnegut sense of humor yeah but no, you get you. I got that some. I got that like sometimes in well, well listening to the book. Mainly the stuff that like was from like Anne's voice and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Again, um, not to get too far ahead into like hazy memories or whatever. But like one of my favorite parts is um, when Anne's friend Diane, Diana, Diana, Diana Barry, her bosom friend. Yes, her bosom friend. Uh, when they're when like 
<laughs> she's really expressing herself and going on a very long time about what she means. She suddenly starts talking with these and thous. Uh huh. And, and then like later on when she goes to uh, uh Marilla, I'm sorry. Yes. Um. Uh. Her 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 stepmom technically her, her adoptive mom. mother. Yeah. Uh. And she says like, oh my god, I started talking too much. I think I was talking with these and thous, and <laughs> it was so embarrassing. And it's like, like, yeah. Yes. That's the funny thing. But yeah, yeah. no. I think that's when they get um when they get separated because of the whole um uh the. The mulberry wine, the black currant wine incident, the raspberry cordial. No, I really cordial. Yeah, that's it. it Sounds so. That's that's not an easy word for me to say. Cordial, 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 cordial. Is this cordial? Yeah, cordial. It it always sounds like there's like a little more of like a roll in there when people, when especially when Rachel McAdams says it, man. Like it sounds, it sounds like cordial, cordial, cordial wine. Yeah, cordial, cordial. Yeah, just cordial. That's it. Yeah. Fucking Rachel nothing Mc- crazy. Rachel about McAdams that. with her Canadian Hello, accent. Hello, it's me, Rachel McAdams. Boy. But I'm sorry, yes. what, what were we gonna say? Oh no, basically, I I just really like the way it's written. That um, I would uh, I would go. To, one of my favorite occasions in the last year was that me and um, dear friend of the show, Jenny Highest, mm-hmm. we would go just spend an afternoon drinking beers and reading at the local beer house, Bond House Brewing. Check them out; it's a good time in Pennsylvania. Brewing. We're gonna play electric guitar. Bon bon, <laughs> and there's a dog. Cool. But um, it would just be a. I just sit there and because I'd enjoy so much of it aloud, I'd be like reading parts of it aloud. It's just great. I like the way she fucking writes. Yeah, it's kind of like how you kind of thought Little Women would be written. Mm. And, you know, I was disappointed <laughs> to discover Little Women was not written exactly like Anne of Green Gables. In this this very, like tongue in cheek, like comedic, a bit yeah. like um like heightened stylized kind yeah. of like thing like and instead it's kind of written in like a very like kind of like oh this isn't the time when everyone was trying to write like dickens <laughs> yeah i'm like i, I don't want to read dickens i want to read montgomery like this is this is charming <laughs> it's fast it's, i can speed read this because it's like someone talking to you very fast who is a very good speaker and storyteller yeah and uh Actually, that's probably case. why I've read it three times because I can speed read it and still appreciate everything in it. It it is a very very simple direct kind of way that it that it's written, and I can yeah. totally imagine Gabriel because we talked about the way that me and you like read differently. Yeah, like last week during our Hemingway talk, we're, we're 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 polar opposites in terms of in terms of reading. Where it's it's like uh, you had problems for the listeners who didn't go back to that. Um, Gabriel, you you're a very fast reader. I'm a mm-hmm. slow reader, and you had problems reading uh, Hemingway's short fiction, which is him using it's him using the Hemingway style at like the pin, at like the pinnacle of like that yes, style. Yes, peak Hemingway. Like the killers. Like I think the story is is fine, but like the writing of that's amazing. But yes, um, you had a hard time reading it because it was, like every single word you had to read. Yeah. And then I had to conceptualize every word he'd use. And and Gabriel, actually, I didn't make this point. I should have when I leave the best. He's like, you know that that's make how it now. that's how I read everything. Uh huh. I I don't like reading. I, I have a hard time reading in any other fashion because I want to read word by word. Mm. That was me punching the thing. That's why I have it when Your I talk arm. my hands. My arm. Mm-hmm. But uh, so like yeah. Whereas like this one, it's like yeah, no, it, it's very simple and straightforward and whatnot. I imagine speed reading this would probably be like the way to do it. Yeah, it's very it's a very enjoyable speed read. It's like listening to like classical music that's very quick and breezy. Uh, that said, no, I had a very fine time uh, listening to this uh, on audiobook while based playing video games. What were you playing, Dan? I was I would go on walk. Well, I was playing I was Dark Souls three. Sure, <laughs> I was a playing perfect pairing. Uh, a perfect pairing and whatnot. Also, yeah, I like managed chocolate and ketchup. I managed to do. I mean, sounds like a great great mix: chocolate mm-hmm. and ketchup. Um. 
that's not a thing, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I was thinking like, is that possible? I don't no. think so, no. Um, but no, 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 yeah, not to get far into it. Yeah. Why is this sticky? God damn it. Everything around me is sticky today. It's really uh, very fucking Maybe weird. it's your hands. No, and it's not. <laughs> you know what they say, Daniel? If everything smells like shit around you, check your shoes. Okay. I was going to say you shit yourself. <laughs> Same point. Uh, Gabriel? Yep. Uh, I tell you what, I think we're going we're on long, a little, long. Now, so let's, let's go on break. When okay. We, when we come back, we have a little game to play. A game. And when we come back from that, we'll do final thoughts and hazy memories and whatnot. But for now, Gabriel, birthday boy. That's me. There is a break. Happy birth. Welcome back. Hello, everyone. Dear listener readers. How are all of you? Two. Slow readers. Your weekly fast-paced literature podcast. I'm still Gabe. I'm still Daniel. Hello, Daniel. Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. On this fucking show, we play a game. We play games. <laughs> we play a game. And uh, you know what? Complete transparency. We're a little giddy right now because uh, we were playing this game. And yeah, we, really we already we started rolling. the game. And then we weren't rolling. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. We're professionals. We, we play games. We're adults. And Gabriel? That was a game on you guys. And on us. That was, I think it was a game just primarily on us. I think so. Okay. Mm-hmm. But Gabriel, all our games are literary. Yes, they are. Roughly. About books. I think I think usually. They're always about literature in some degree. In about some, writing at the very for least. For most degree. Yeah, that's a good point. Technically, everything's about writing. So <laughs> I don't know. What about cooking? Cooking, writing. Okay. <laughs> I right. mean, I mean, hey. We, uh, uh, anyway. I like uh, Anthony Baudouin. Gabriel? Yep. I have a game I have all set up for you. Okay. And... It's not a mystery, but I'm going to pretend it's a mystery. I'm going to pretend to be, to be surprised. Uh, because I was going to make a game that was all about like trivia about uh, uh, Lucy Mon- Montgomery mm-hmm. and or Anne of Green Gables. But I realized uh, while doing the research for that, that like you were doing extensive biography notes on Montgomery herself. So yes, I was like, like eh, I shouldn't do that. And I, I looked at a lot of stuff, too. It, it was it would have been a good call because I think like half the things that I actually had written down on the same exact uh, uh, note um was stuff that you said yes so yeah um so that said i decided to just do something out of left field and much like ketchup and chocolate mm-hmm. uh, i'm putting together two things that do not belong together sure so gabriel i'm yeah. gonna test you how well you know the difference between something that lucy Maud montgomery either said in an interview sure or it's from her fiction okay from uh-huh singer songwriter actors tom waits's songs or some shit he said in an interview. Yeah, that's I, that's a one-to-one comparison. It is not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of the point. Um, as I said uh, last time when no one else was listening, um, mm-hmm. is that like basically like when looking up quotes from Montgomery, like 99% of everything she says is incredibly positive and up op- and very optimistic. I think in that's spite of her real life, in spite of her real life, she, she wrote about optimism. Yes. Not which is something I appreciate very much. But yeah. Um, and everything like 99% of everything Tom Waits says or writes about is very sarcastic, biting, and just very like, yeah, it's, it's, it's not that much like uh, his life. And 1% of either uh, e- from either of them, like doesn't have that quality. And I think those are the things that I'm going to select. Okay. I, I selected on. So again, like mainly it's more of a thing where like, I'm going to see if you can tell the difference between them. I mean, obviously for some of these, there's not like a huge tell. Mm-hmm. But or sometimes there is and isn't. I don't know. Sure. Gabriel, I know that you're not very knowledgeable on Tom Waits. I am actively uh, not knowledgeable. You're you're not knowledgeable at all. No, I am straight up not. You like some of his early jazzier stuff. Yes. Yeah. And that's like I've I have by choice not learned anything about Tom Waits. Yes. Good. Uh mm-hmm. so moving on. I so- was really hoping you were gonna pull out some weird and fun Anne of Green Gables trivia. 
No, actually, I really didn't find any, to be honest with you. What? Like, like all the trivia about Anne of Green Gables was about Montgomery. Oh, no, that's going to be like, name some of her buddies. Oh, no, nothing like that. Yeah, I figured as much. Yeah. Um, all right, bring on the weights. The only thing I imagine I could have done is like, I would, like the book on like the books that you haven't read yet. I don't know. Yeah. It's just as good of a thing. I mean, you've read this fucking like 10 a million times. times. Yeah, yeah, like you know the story way better than I do. That's one of the win. I, I'm not going to know that. Uh, I'm not going to know if how well one person does or doesn't know all the friends. Or sure. Anyway. Listeners, if you want to hear me win a game, definitely listen to Watchmen on the clock today, right now, because um, I never lose those games. Yeah. That's our other podcast where we recap Watchmen. Whose game? I think it's Katie's turn. Katie has to make we the need, game. We need to make sure that she, that she knows that. that, that, that she yeah, we should text that. her. Yes. So, Gabriel. Yes. I have seven questions. Seven questions. <laughs> uh, down for the drill nine. Okay. Uh, seven questions with one bonus. Sure. So, Gabriel, are you ready for your first yes. thing? Quote. I just triple check to make sure we're still rolling. Okay. I'm not changed I'm certainly saying it. Okay. I'm not a bit changed. Not really. I'm only just pruned down and branched out. The real me back here is just the same. I'm guessing that as old Lucy Mod. I think that's old Lucy Mod. Sorry, Mod with an E. Mod with an E. Mm-hmm. Final answer? Yes. Hey! Hey! That was Montgomery herself, probably as an older person. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gabriel, do me a favor. Keep count. Right now, you're one for zero. Yes. Bye. So moving on to the second, aka number four. I want to be bosom sheet. friends of Lucy Montgomery. Next, bo- next mod qu- uh, quote: <clears throat> "Nothing is ever really lost to us as long as we remember it." That could be either one of them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That seems a little like if Tom Waits said that, that would be kind of trite for Tom Waits. But that seems appropriate for Lucy Mod. Also, he um, you never. Uh, I don't know how well you're aware of like his his quote unquote grim weepers kind of like thing where like like that these very like my speed. old man sound sad songs like you know take it with me and such mm-hmm. like that so yeah. fun fact whenever i try to think of a tom Waits song it ends up being t for the tillerman by cat stevens <laughs> it's not even him i don't even know what that sounds like yeah that's just that's a theme song to extras which you know anyway okay um uh the quote one more time daniel damn it sorry i was drinking my wine <laughs> <laughs> um nothing is ever really lost to us as long as we remember it. Um, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna guess that's Montgomery. I guess it's Montgomery. Final answer. Uh-huh. Yes! That was Montgomery herself, the mad woman. Yeah. Oh. And if we're not saying that, I'm not making fun <laughs> of her mental state. I just, that was a name. The warrior. So mm-hmm. right now you're two for zero. Sure. Okay. Very good. That's a positive thing being two yeah. for zero. Yeah. So moving on to number three. That's how old I am. <laughs> moving, <laughs> moving on, number three. <laughs> yeah. It's so easy to be wicked without knowing it, isn't it? Mmm, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. That's like my favorite um Anna Gables quote, which is um, isn't it wonderful to think that tomorrow is a new day if no mistakes in it yet? <laughs> but to be wicked Isn't it so easy to be wicked without knowing it, isn't it? Mmm. Would you do three Montgomery quotes in a row? That's the that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Although, how many was it? Because don't remember. We, we did that. We did the first two. There were a couple, <laughs> yeah, already there. Um, I. Why did I delete the other ones? There we go. Um, I'm gonna gamble that that's weights. I gamble that that's weights. Yes. Final answer. Yes. Epic. 
Damn it, it was her. Gabriel, I'm sorry. That was Montgomery herself. That was her in just in an interview? You know, probably. Oh, uh, they, they weren't the 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 sources weren't listed off mm-hmm. the I used like brainy quotes. Sure. For that, both, might, that might have been from Andrew Gables. Of these. It could be. Yeah. Or it might be little Davy from book two or three. Oh fuck. Whoops. Gabriel. Mm-hmm. So so far you're you're two for one. Still two very good. One. So moving on. Okay. Number four? Yeah, four. Number four. Mm-hmm. If you're a writer, you know that the stories don't come to you. You have to go looking for them. The old men in the lobby, that's where the stories were. That sounds like Waits. That sounds like Waits. Final answer? Yes. Hey! Good point. That was, that was totally Waits. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't think that Lucy Maud paid much attention to the old men in the lobby. Old men in the lobbies? Yeah, good point. I mean, hey, Matthew Cupford might have been an old man in the lobby. Mr. Harrison from book two. True that, true that. You know about Mr. Harrison. I don't know who that is. That's fine. You mean that dead man, Matthew Cuthbert? <laughs> supposedly, supposedly his uh, her fans were like really fucking mad that she did that, that she killed Matthew. Well, of course, fucking little. I mean, little, all, all the fans were mad that Arthur Weasley died. Spoiler. Who's Arthur Weasley again? He's Ron's dad from Harry Potter. Oh, third time in in this. Okay. No. Oh, Ron, Ron's dad dies in those books. I yeah. I don't know Harry Potter. Yes, he does. Moving on. <laughs> number. Hey, episode two hundred coming up soon. Number five. <laughs> soon in soon. seventy episodes. Yes. Uh, Gabriel, moving on to number five. Yeah. Uh-huh. So far, you're you're three for one. Wait, is one fifty coming soon? Yes. Oh, that's well, like, Harry Potter. This is like one thirty-two or whatever. All right, that's Harry Potter. Yeah, we'll see about that. Moving mm-hmm. on. <laughs> yes, I have three, two, one. Three, two, one. Okay. So. Uh, Blast off. Okay, here we go. Are you ready? I actually like pushed the longest, the longest one too. All right. <laughs> that one, like, your, your ugly one. As a rule, I am very careful to be shallow and conventional where depth and originality are wasted. Hmm. One more time. As a rule, I am very careful to be shallow and conventional where depth and originality are wasted. I think that's weights. You think that's weights? Mm-hmm. Final answer? Yes. Oh no, Gabriel! That was <laughs> the Mad Woman. The, that was Montgomery herself <laughs> mm-hmm. saying that about basically, yeah, <laughs> that. <laughs> All right. Yeah, no. and again, like, also, I don't know, like, uh, but I don't know if this is just a person who said it in the stories that like people are like, oh, I love sure. this. Um, that sounds very similar to something that was in uh, For Whom the Bell Tolls, where uh, mm. uh, uh, what's his nuts? The guy was like, I have Old to, nutty? I have to drink to be around fools and whatnot. Mm. Um, anyway. Moving on. So so far, you're you're three for two, mm-hmm. like your age. Huh? Mm. I gave away my real age, bro. Uh, there's two more plus a bonus. Yes. Hey, okay. next one. Mm-hmm. I saw a crow building a nest. I was watching him very carefully. I was kind of stalking him, and he was aware of it. And you know what they do when they become aware of someone stalking them when they build a nest, which is a very vulnerable thing place to be. They build a decoy nest. It's just for you. Hmm. Was it L.M. Nature Lover Montgomery? Yep. Or was it Very Weird Observationist Tom? Or Stalker and Decoy Nest Waits? Yes. <laughs> mm. I'm, I think that's Waits. I think that's Waits. Final answer? Yes. Yes. Gabriel, that was Tom Waits, most likely a stage banner. He tells stories in the middle of his his, his songs. Mm-hmm. Some of them are very fun. Uh, oddly enough, uh, you mentioned uh, Alice, a song you really like. 
he before he plays it he tells a he tells a story about like how spiders when the male spiders uh mate they they I thought you meant spiders like male spiders like spiders in the male spiders in the in the mail like All post right. spiders <laughs> sure they're male spiders male spiders they get you know, they go in the mail get the letters they have a little like pixar-esque kind of like you know yeah. it's community but no he says like uh, male spiders they make a web and then they strum it and then he says like so i think about that and then he did they segue immediately into alice um which is great if you know what alice is about mm. uh uh so gabriel very yeah. good so far you're at you're four two four two your age yes <laughs> the meaning of life gabriel but you know, you know the do you know the backstory behind the whole four two thing? Uh, no, but I, I heard it. I don't remember it. Um, the basic. I'll be really quick about it. Yeah. Forty two. This is from in, uh, uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yes, um, forty two. I think in some kind of computer code, like mm-hmm. a- ASC two or something like that, the number forty two indicates whatever you want. So huh. the meaning of life is whatever you want. It actually yeah. wasn't a dumb random number. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Fucking Douglas Adams. He was I, all about computer code. I wasn't. Yeah. Because I, I, I think we should I, do I, him. When? I heard something. Yeah. We haven't done it yet. I love. I fucking love that thing. Um. Uh. Yeah. No. I've heard that before. I wasn't too sure which came first, though, the hitchhikers thing or the computer thing. I'm pretty no, sure it's probably. computer. It, no. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. As you said. So. All right. Moving on. This is the last of the main of the main uh, uh series. All right. I think I won. I think. It, oh. You know. <laughs> could be. Could be. Uh, that's impossible. You won. Uh. Well, that's four on. two. I thought. Last one. Mm-hmm. My reality needs imagination, like a bulb needs a socket. My imagination needs reality, like a blind man needs a cane. Hmm. Uh, I think obviously endless talk and imagination. Totally Lucy Montgomery, like uh, her fucking wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. But knowing you, you might have seen that Tom Waits went on a weird spiel about imagination, and that would be a great trap for me. Hmm. Why man have had a cane? That seems more like weight imagery to me. Hmm. Let's say that's Montgomery. He's gonna say that's Montgomery. Final answer. Yeah. Fuck! I knew it. Gabriel, I that knew was it. Tom Waits. I knew it. The blind man thing wasn't something that, like, yeah. God damn also, it. Also, like, out of like, uh, out of the quotes and whatnot, it's a little like uh, Waits has a little more poetry in the stuff that he says. Like, mm-hmm. that's a little more fanciful. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, but yeah, that was uh, that was Tom Waits. Yeah, that's Ga- fine. Gabriel, that was four three. I win. Do you want to go for the final one? Sure, the, the bonus, why not? just because yeah. it's fun. All right. Okay. Bonus round. Okay. Let's see if you can guess. Who says this? Mm-hmm. Montgomery, author of Anna Green Gables. Yes. Or Tom Waits, author of Tom Waits. Author of Tom. Okay. That guy who likes to rain on dogs. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Final one. Draw. Sure. I'm so horny, the cracks of dawn better watch out. Hmm. That sounds like a perfect trap. <laughs> that is. Anne in book three. Anne in book three. Yes. Final answer. No, it's Tom Waits. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna. <laughs> I'm so fucking horny. Uh, yeah. No, that was Tom Waits. Yeah. Great. Hooray. <laughs> that wasn't even a trap. That was just like it's like I read this and I was like, come on. Yeah. That's no. Good. Hey. Yeah. I, I don't. I haven't finished book three yet. It's like 70s, 80s Tom Waits banner. <laughs> you love it. Oh uh, god. But yeah, Gabriel, I win. you win. The best birthday present of all, being right. Yes, you won. Uh, Lucy Waits Montgomery, which I don't mm-hmm. know if I said that name before we started the game this time. You did not. <laughs> okay. Whoops. Uh, Gabriel, so good job. Mm-hmm. Winning. You're winning. Hooray, the winning. All right, let's uh, let's go on break. Okay. Uh, when we come back, we have final thoughts and also uh, the other shit. Right, just for, for. Cool stuff. Cool. Bye. 
Welcome back. Hello, everyone. Dear listener readers. Two. Two. Slow fucking readers. I'm still Gabe. I'm still Daniel. Hello, Daniel. This is the show. Gabriel, it's still your birthday. It is still my birthday. Uh, So, yeah. Um, birthday episode. Gabriel, for your birthday... How, what, okay, I don't know if I, I think we basically did ask this, but why, why is this your birthday pick? Um, honestly, it's, like, only, like, 15% of it was, like, made in, like, comedy's sake. The idea of, like, if, if you had told me that you wanted to read Anne of Green Gables, I'd be shocked. I was shocked you wanted to read Emily of New Moon. Hmm. So, basically, it was kind of, like, a nice stepping stone to get my bro to <laughs> finally read this book that I absolutely love. All right. It's a wonderful, especially since having just read, like, Hemingway's and such, <laughs> this is indicative of a style that sings to me. It <laughs> flows, it flies, it makes me happy to read it. I mean, if, if you really want to be, like, reductive, you could say that these are just stories about, like, little orphan girl stories, which is what they are. There's nothing, but there's nothing wrong with that. The the, the interesting thing is that technically only this one is, is, is quote unquote, like, you know, orphan stories, essentially. Yeah. Like, the rest of it's about her growing she, up. Because she's like, yeah, I mean, by the end of the story, what, Anne is not only, like, 16, which is, like, essentially, like, a young woman at the like, yeah. turn of the century, 1920, mm-hmm. but, like, but she has a job, she's educated. She's a teacher. She has a home. She's taking she's taking care of her foster mother. Yeah. Um, After poor Matthew died. So like essentially she's a, she's a young adult at the end of this book mm-hmm. basically. Um, and so like the next one is like yeah she's an orphan but she's yes. like she has a job. <laughs> yeah, know? pretty much. So yeah, yeah, it's it's which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think um I always thought Anne of Green Gables was was like little Annie orphan kind of stories and whatnot. Yeah, no, like, like when when you're a young boy who likes books and media. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe maybe like hopefully this is not a trend anymore you think that things about stories about little girls aren't for you so for me in my head Anne of Green Gables Pollyanna Heidi Little Orphan Annie are all the same story and why would I be interested in those stories mm-hmm. and now that I'm a grown fucking man who likes good storytelling and likes positivity and songs and musicals I, I really want to get on the rest of those like what what's Heidi about I have no idea what is Pollyanna I don't even know those are also very you know there's a very interesting thing that like those stories are also very very popular in Japan like Heidi uh, and whatnot that. like those like those are iconic characters on the in the west and in the east in that case mm. Um, as is Anne of Green Gables. Like, yeah, Dana, I would love it if like, you sat down and watched some of the episodes of Isao Takahata's thing, um, Anne of Green Gables. I mean, he's a brilliant director, and it's really <clears throat> beautifully told. Have you, have you watched it? Sorry? I've watched like four or five episodes. Okay, they're all on YouTube, and they're all in like high quality. That's awesome. It's pretty great. Okay, and um, I've been watching the the Cal- Kevin Sullivan nineteen eighty five production, and it's really great. Yeah, the um the DVD box box set mm-hmm. of uh the nineties eighty five I'm sorry mm-hmm. eighty five era Anna Green Gables. There's also a new one coming out. Oh, it's already out. Anna and E. What seriously? Yeah, on Netflix. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I didn't know that. It came out like last year. Oh fuck! How is it? Um, I hear it's good. I haven't seen it. The only adaptations I've seen are the Kevin Sullivan. Huh? <laughs> Why haven't you seen it? I thought you'd be all over that. I I don't know. I wanted to get to the other stuff first. What other stuff? Hannibal. I don't know. I like rewatching Parks and Brooklyn Nine Nine over and over again. Right. Weirdly, yeah, I, don't know. <laughs> I was gonna say like, I was like, well, all right. Sure. I, I wanted to get um, through them. I, like, I once you're, I'm you're do- watching the '80s one. Right once now. I'm done with the '85 <laughs> one, I'm gonna finish the anime, and then maybe I'll watch the the new one. All right. I need to look this up right now. I love the anime. Television. It looks so good. It is very str- actually. Well, I'm looking at the television uh, adaptations and whatnot, mm-hmm. and yeah, it is just like an old fashioned. Was yes. it '60s, '70s, '70s? I think also 80s. 70, oh, 79 right there. 79. 79, Japanese anime adaptation of Anne of Green Gables. Yeah. And then there's like the, the cartoony one that I think most people in the West probably know. That was know. also, um, Kevin Sullivan also produced that one. Okay. 
which is kind of neat. Um, I don't really care for that animation style. Avon- yeah, it looks like that old creepy. It reminds me of like huh. bad PBS cartoons. Yeah. But um, the live action one is is incredibly incredibly charming. Konichi- Thank you, Jenny. 2009, Konichiwa Anne, before mm-hmm. Green Gables. Oh, yeah. This is a prequel to the, the 70s. Uh, 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 yeah, the, the, the 85 movie begins with her and Mrs. Hammond, the, the terrible one with the creepy babies. Uh-huh. Before she gets like shuttled off to um, Green Gables. Yeah, look at this shit. There's like a little fucking, what do you call it, and everything. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's fanciful. It's a, I know that the showrunner, one second, she did something. Oh yeah. She, she was like a, no, she was like a major writer in Breaking Bad. Oh, cool. So clearly, and, and with an E is, is going to be like some really like hard, dark drama yeah. and whatnot. Who plays Marilla and Matthew in that? Oh, fuck, one second. I'm naming that open. <laughs> uh, let's see. Well, first off, Amy Beth McNulty. Is that McElsey? <laughs> is the is uh, is Anne and Shirley? I don't think we actually said the name. Yeah, I, I might I might have them very beginning. Also, it, it was in the my, my the game that we didn't no longer do. Is that um the first actress who I believe played Anne took uh, Anne Shirley as her stage name after? Oh yeah, that. I do know that. Uh, Geraldine James plays Marilla. Not familiar. And R. H. Thompson plays Matthew Cuthbert. These aren't big names. I don't know these people. No, they're not. Yeah, uh, is this on Netflix? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I feel like it didn't it hasn't gotten like a lot of uh, a lot of buzz. I think it got I think it got enough from like people who gave a shit. I'm very curious, Gabriel. I, I mean, like this is kind of like something that we always talk about and also don't talk about in this thing. How much like a lot of especially in terms of the world of literature, things yeah. were immensely popular back in like the 20th century and like things when we were young and whatnot. I'm always curious. Especially because of like of how pop culture and media and like stories are nowadays with younger generations, like do pe- are how aware of things are they? Like, Anne of Green Gables came out in like nineteen hundred or whatever. Yeah, and like, but everyone for a hundred years knew what Anne of Green Gables is. Mm-hmm. Um, but do people today know what Anne of Green? Gables? Like, it's not a TV. It's not a popular TV show that kids yeah. watch today, and it's not really like anything. It's not a movie. Mm-hmm. It's really a book and like a bunch of old. Like she, uh, the, the PBS cartoon or something. Sure. I wonder how popular it is. I wonder as well. I imagine it, it's just kind of like it's what your parents and what you're exposed to. You know, that um, because of my parents, I became a big fan of Austin. I wouldn't have given a shit about I don't I wouldn't have known what Pride and Prejudice was without my parents. My mm. parents were very were bookish people that we went to the library all the time. And they were always watching like Merchant Ivory things. My parents did not know about Anne of Green Gables, so <laughs> that's why I never heard of it. That's interesting. Yeah, and when I was a kid, I mean, like there was no reason why I would seek it out for myself. And I guess it just depends. Like, like when you were a little kid, how did you find out about the things that you liked? Yeah, I mean, you. I'm sure there was there was a kindly librarian, or you looked it up <laughs> online. There was a no. I, <laughs> we all kind of grew up with like. The mythology of pop culture as established by our parents, essentially. Yeah. Um, With the I, internet, it must be a strange thing. I, I grew up knowing that The Godfather was the best movie ever made. Sure. Um, that there was like this thing called Lord of the Rings that everything has, like, since then has been kind of like in the shadow of. Yeah. Um, let me think. What what else was like the big thing? Stephen King was the coolest writer ever. Sure. Um, and th- there's like, there's some other things and whatnot, but like, those are the things that, for example, as a kid, I grew up knowing mm-hmm. because that's just the stuff my parents yeah. t- t- uh, told me you know mm-hmm. raised me you know, I... so to answer your question i guess um uh, there, and and continues to be popular to this day mm-hmm. popular enough to get a new netflix adaptation so mm-hmm. i'm sure that parents today the ones who already loved a thing are 
excited to show them to their children. Should I have kids one day, I will 150% immediately introduce them to Anne of Green Gables. The Lone Wolf and Cub and Anne of Green Gables. The perfect pairing. <laughs> Anne, of, Anne Wolf and Cub. Anne Wolf, I would Lone Wolf and Anne. I would love to see the combination between the two. I would make, that would be so fucking fun. I know, it would be. That's the end of that. Yeah. Uh, hey, have you guys seen The Mandalorian yet? Oh my God. Let's not. <laughs> <laughs> let's not even bring it up because no. Gabriel, we will. We, uh, let's, let's let's read Heir to the Empire next week just to talk about The Mandalorian. Heir, what's that? That's Timothy Zahn's uh, first book in the in the Thrawn uh, trilogy. Is that the one? There was like a really big, uh, like what do you call it? Fan fiction, <laughs> the extended universe sure. uh, stuff. There was one that happened supposedly between empire and Jedi mm-hmm. that um, had a green guy who was the bad guy. Uh, I don't remember what it was called. It, it, might, it might be been the sh- one I'm talking about. It might I'm, be that. Thrawn. That name doesn't sound familiar. I think heir to the empire sounds like that. I'll yeah, look it up. I think that's it. But all right. Okay. Um, like he got introduced into like the cartoons. He was that popular a character. All right, yeah. There was like one very big one. There was one that like essentially like tweet at us. I feel like this is before prequels and everything like that was like basically regarded oh, as yeah, being no. part they, of like, yeah. Zahn's the, the Heir to the Empire series, like like the the Thrawn trilogy, is like considered to be almost canon yeah. and canon enough to be taken into the cartoons. That's interesting. All right, so moving on. Gabriel, final moving thoughts. On. Very quickly, Gabriel, final thoughts. You have anything? Do you have anything thought, that you want to that, that you want to basically end with talking about? Anne of Green Gables I mean I love Anne of Green Gables like with my whole heart this is like, I think we did lists a couple like a year ago about our favorite protagonist and she was like number two or something right behind Patrick Kenzie who occupies an adult part of my brain mm-hmm. but the part of me that like the I think the best parts of me like my optimism my my desire to help people and like my wonder all tap into Anne of Green Gables in such a deep way it's why I love um like Leslie Nope. it's why it, it, these are the kind of stories that I want to tell. Ultimately, that um, you and I got into like a thick debate about a movie like uh, uh, the Trey Edward Schultz one about It Comes at Night. Yeah, yeah. What'd yeah. you say? The it, the what Schultz? Trey Edward Schultz. That's his name. Is that the director? Yes. Uh, and for me, like <laughs> like I I I understand that the world needs stories where we affirm what is bad, mm-hmm. or we tell something. We tell a deeper story about the dark things at life. For me, I don't need that. What I need, like I'm, I'm depressed enough as it is. So, stories that genuinely uplift without being trite, without being boring, without being stupid. Anne of Green Gables is everything I look for in good media. It makes me happy. It's well done. It's smart. It's charming, and it leaves the world. It's it's the campfire rule, whatever. Um, it leaves the world better off than it did. And even if Lucy Mob Montgomery had a terrible life, I'm glad she made something that made makes me happy every day. Mm-hmm. Your final thoughts, Daniel William. Yeah, my favorite. My my final thought. My favorite thoughts. My um, favorite thoughts. My favorite thoughts. I uh, like soup. No, I liked I liked it enough. Wine is good. I don't know if I'm. I don't know if you're like, hey, want to read the second one? I'd be like. Not really. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think clearly you don't like it enough to want to read more. Yeah, I mean, like, like I, you're I, interested enough to read Emily. Uh, uh, no, and I'm, I'm de- uh, like, I wasn't. It wasn't a drag getting through this at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was breezy and fun, and and like I said, it was funny. That's that's uh, that's why I, I dug about it. Um, I would be interested in reading Emily of New Moon still. Uh, I'm very curious about that. Um, but yeah, no, but uh, th- th- yeah, that's. I mean, I, I don't really have much else to say because. Um, 
I'm, uh, it's always amazing finding out the how much people love this. Like, um, besides Amy Poehler, who like uh, obviously a very very huge fan of this, is she? Uh, I don't know that. Mindy Kaling also is like a That's huge cool. lover of this. She she said something like, "Oh, I would love to live on Prince Edward Island. That'd be dope," or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's very her. Uh, <laughs> which is like, I'm like, all right, cool. I mean, I never would have thought in a million years that Mindy Kaling would be dope. It's like Mandy Kaling would be like, can you imagine Mandy Kaling living in this? <laughs> Honestly, I would love that. Like be... you, you have like the Mindy character you dropped in the middle of Avonlea. Yeah, that'd be great. I know it's 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 fun, but I don't, yeah, mm-hmm. but no, no, I, I I liked it enough. But yeah, cool. I, 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 yeah, I don't really know what else to say about it uh, as 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 much. But well, maybe soon we can do Emily of New Moon. Yeah, we'll see about that. Okay, I'm, I'm very curious to read that it's as well. Fucking annoying. We can't find any used copies of those goddamn books. Yeah, I go to the every used bookstore I go to. I look for copies of Emily of New Moon. Can't find it. I think I'll have to get them off eBay. And uh, I'm pretty sure uh, Emily of Newman is still, it's like, still in print. readily available. In this yeah. Sense, yeah, I'm like, I just it's just not popular enough. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, Gabriel, uh-huh. we have our our next our next thing with Bob. Yeah, and it's this thing done by a bunch of fucking nutcases. Sure. A bunch of hard cases. That's very true. And a bunch of fruit cases. And a bunch of case harders. Being crazy, not like a gay thing. That's actually yeah. that would be very insulting. Boy, that's another yeah. Um, but no, that said, Gabriel, we have this thing we like to do called Hazy Memories. Hazy Memories. And it's brought to us by Anne of uh, uh, Whip Around Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Uh, uh, Shawnee, Shawnee B. Horny, aka mm. Shonathan B. Hayes. Yes, from indeed. the Whip Around Podcast. Yes, check out the Whip Around Podcast for all your um, weird news needs. They are our good friend podcast. They gave us a very, very lovely shout out last week because mm-hmm. we give them all the shouts out also in spite of um addition to being my birthday it was just um dr phil laporta's birthday yeah. earlier this week so happy birthday phil happy birthday happy birthday science happy still birthday, matters birthday, damn it birthday. so everyone give them a check out um for phil's birthday um give him the greatest gift of all give their show some subscribes on Spotify, give them a follow. Just give them one button click. Give them a follow because they deserve it. They are a great time. And give them five fucking stars. Give them five fucking stars. Don't be fucking cheap. Be What's thoughtful. What's wrong God with damn you? Damn it, Jesus. Johnny, no thumbs. Gabriel. Yep. I want you to tell me. Mm-hmm. Years from now. Well, I don't know. You've, it's fucking weird now at this point. Yeah. If you stopped reading Anne today, if you didn't, if you hadn't read it again, you just for some reason never went back to it. Mm-hmm. Either read the, the next ones. That'd or whatever, be strange. But, uh, what do you think would be your hey? Do you remember? When I think of the the first, like, it's almost this Anne of Green Gables. 15 the... years from now, you haven't touched it since 2019. <laughs> uh, what what will come to your fucking brain? Um, I don't know. The whole thing, really. Like, I, I just kind of the whole thing. The whole thing's so, kind of imprinted in my brain. Someone mentions Anne of Green Gables. You freeze and the entire story just yeah, runs through your brain. It pours into my brain. You're like staring off in the distance with your jaw open like, oh. Like, oh my God. Like fucking Montgomery with her flash or whatever you called it. <laughs> but, yeah, but the flash. Also, when you said flash, I immediately, you said like, oh, she experienced something she called the flash. M- my brain immediately went went to the Lovecraft story, the color from out of space. Sure. So it was like this like meteor struck in like the, the alien thing. And I was, that's where my mind yeah, went. A movie is coming out based on that. Yeah. Have you seen the trailer? No. It looks interesting. I mean, I'm in. I, mean, I you know, I, I like I like Howie Phil, and uh, it's also a, uh, a Nicolas Cage vehicle as well. So, oh, it is. <laughs> yeah, it's very colorful. It's very visually That's interesting cool. and shot for cheap as well. Sure. But, uh, when I heard sorry. the Flash, I thought about the Speed Force. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I don't have a hazy memory. I, I if an alien meteor landed in uh, Avonlea, <laughs> um, I would love it. I bet Anne would get superpowers. It'd be fucking rad. Yeah. 
her and Diana and and Prissy Andrews and and Ruby Gillis and Gilbert Blythe and Moody Spurgeon all become superheroes. No, I don't have a hazy memory because it's just like yeah, no, it's like it's like asking you me like like what are your what when I say Parks and Rec to you, what would you think? I'm like the whole thing because this is this is well, for me now. Bo- both of these are things that you constantly, constantly, I constantly consume, reabsorb. Yeah. That like you like. Daniel, we're roommates. I can't imagine how often he hears just a Parks and Rec theme through the walls. Yeah. Like, I walk around all day long with my iPad playing either Parks and Rec or Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Mm-hmm. It is endless. It is endless. Daniel, what yes. are your hazy memories? Uh, I was thinking, I was trying to think of one before uh, you Should t- I vamp some idea. more about... No, 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 no. I, I only waited until the very end. I was like, shit, I need to think of one. What is mine? Because mm-hmm. I kind of said the thing with the these and those. I kind of really liked that. That was, that was good, great. It was a good joke. Yes. Um, and like that Anne's heart is breaking because Diana's been... Her bosom friend is not allowed to hang out for anymore. Because she actually so got ha- her drunk. Because they got her like pissed drunk on yeah. current wine. And because they're just little girls who love... Like the big words, they talk about these and thous about how much they will miss one another. It, it's a uh, yeah. It's, it's and Marilla can't hold back her laughter <laughs> at the sad thing that's just happened. Yeah, the fuck is it? I don't know. Fuck is it indeed? Uh, I think more than anything, it is. I'm trying to think of something else that like very explicitly like I kind of liked and whatnot. That hit me as well as that. I mean, I like like there's a lot of like a, a, a you know like uh, recurring jokes and whatnot that mm-hmm. are kind of built throughout the thing, including clearly Anne. She's fascinated by a boy, but she expresses it through her utter revulsion of him. Yes, uh, Gilbert. You know, he called her carrots. Yeah, he called her. Well, he called her carrots in like a like a boyish teasing. He did one thing, and mm-hmm. she basically has like like a blood feud against yeah, him. Yeah, she's a fiery temper. Uh, and clearly, and she, uh, he's all she thinks about. Um, you want to know what spoiler, Daniel? Yeah, that's who she marries. Not him. Right? It's him. Is it him? Yeah. I thought she has another husband. Boo? No. Gil- she, and, she and Gilbert Blythe get married. Oh. I don't know why. I thought I looked this up and I was like, I don't remember that name. So it's not Gilbert. No. Honestly, like, Gilbert's such a non-presence in, like, the first one other than an object of, like, of anger that when he becomes a character in the later books, I'm like... Who is this guy? <laughs> I, I can't imagine when he is. Because, like, essentially in this, I mean, it is purposeful that he is not really, like, a character because he doesn't, he's basically this person who she does not see as a person, even yeah. though she's fascinated by him. But he's anyway. a less colored in Mr. Darcy. It, it's very, it's something we all do as kids, essentially, when you have, like, you have some kind of fascination with somebody and, like, they're not a person. Yeah. They're just that thing that you have, that you're projecting onto them. Sure. So. Uh, that said, uh, uh, these and those. Uh, I like these and those. <laughs> yeah, I kind of blew. All right, I shouldn't sure. have said it beforehand. This is why we don't. We shouldn't talk about our, our hazy memories beforehand. That's uh-huh. what I like the most, Gabriel. Yep. I think we need to stop talking about End of Green Gables. All right, here, hang on to that. Read it sometime. Yeah, you hang on to it. It's your copy. Yeah. Well, I have two, and I have a lot of books floating in my room. Yeah. And a lot of things that I need to here, read. Hang on. Okay. Just page through it every now and again. Okay. Can I get the clean one? <laughs> Fine. You don't want the clean one? <laughs> oh, this is my have... lived it and loved copy. Yeah. That's why I want to... Uh, Daniel like, and I why? also differ in perspective. And for me, the more beat up a book is, the more cherished it is. And I'm fine with beat up books and whatnot. I actually love especially getting them used. Oh, yeah. Our hideous ch- like, like paperback books? Oh, God. Yeah. Like the, you're getting them used at the bookstore. Like the at the Iliad bookstore. Check it out. Yeah. Um, go to the Iliad bookstore, everyone. I love going... I, I I didn't get it this time because I ended up buying a bunch of motherfucking shit. But um, <laughs> I, there's like a mass paper 
paperback of fucking Ulysses, nice. which I love the fact that there's all these old uh, pa- mass paperbacks, these tiny yeah. little paperbacks and for the like, classics. And they're old ones too from like the 90s, 80s, 70s. They're yeah. gorgeous. And they're great. I, I, I got the ugliest copy of Nana by Zola I've ever seen. It's amazing. <laughs> like, yeah. It, it, you never see that like being like in present circulation, like some some like little mass paperback version of fucking Ulysses. Yeah. And like, yeah, anyway, but I didn't get it. I got you should see that the hideous copies of Brothers Karamazov I got. They're so good. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, go check that out. Gabriel, uh-huh. what are we doing next week? Um, Poisonwood Bible. Oh, yeah. We're wrapping it up. I thought we were, I thought we were going into Diana, Anna Karen, Karenina. No, we got to do that first. All right. Gabriel, part two of Poisonwood Bible mm-hmm. by M.L. Kingsbury. That's the name. Barbara, Barbara Kingsolver. 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 Yeah, Daniel, perhaps we should give ourselves a bit of a break. We should do, because I know we were thinking about doing um, Kingsolver, Anna Karenina, short story, short story, Anna Karenina, but maybe we need to do finish Kingsolver. Short story, short story, Anna Karenina. Short story, short story, Anna Karenina. Sure. I think we're you're gonna need a month to read Anna Karenina. Oh, Jesus Christ! You know what happens? Even it's, Anna Karenina is so is such a great efficient read. I know I could probably breeze Anna Karenina. Well, here here's the thing: you can I'm, speed read Anna Karenina. When I'm concerned, because like you know, I spend these times like for example, technically I was supposed to be reading the Kingsbury novel between the first time Kingsbury, we did it and now. Correct. Yep. Uh, I'm like over halfway done. Yeah, no, I've been reading other things. Like I, I just finished Power of the Dog by uh, Don Winslow. I'm reading uh, More like uh, Win Donslow. Uh, Unboxing by Joyce Keller Oates, which is a great book. More I, like Carol Joyce Boxing Boats. I, I kind of wish that we could maybe for the short fiction. Oh, that'd be oh. great! I would love to do that. But we did a lot of Joyce Keller Oates lately. But it's I mean, non-fiction, that's the it's non-fiction so I think that's a buy. True. The only thing, I technically, I think we, we should. We, we do barely any nonfiction. I think we need to wait a couple months at least. All right. Unfortunately, no. I would love to do it. Trust me, I would mm-hmm. love to do it. I, I, and I can't. I you will not get this copy that I'm 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 reading right now sure. because I need to be using it for something else. But I got you. Uh, so like it's gonna be it's gonna be something we're gonna do eventually. Yeah, find, find another essay, then find that a short story, and then we'll do it next week. Yeah, sure. I guess so, Gabriel. Yeah, yeah. So next week we're gonna be doing uh the 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 the, the poison uh locked box um the uh, poison berry quran by mysterio kings mm-hmm. kingsbury solver by barbara uh so Gabriel, king problem that's next time uh do me a favor go ahead and start plugging sure ladies and gentlemen please check out if you haven't done it already self-evident asian america stories it is a asian american heritage podcast documentary series i produced episode three um the talk we were supposed to have <laughs> <laughs> Um, sorry. Actually, I'm not sorry. But sorry, I'm not, not sorry. Yeah, please check it out. In spite of that burp, it is a very somber, very serious, and I think amusing story about my life growing up as an Asian American Filipino man um, with like my parents. And um, um, the AV Club featured it. Um, I think it's it turned out to be some one of the, some of the best stuff I've ever done. So give that a listen. Um, besides that, give this show, give slow readers um, a follow, give it a subscribe, give it some stars if you're up to it. But if you're gonna press one button press the one button that says subscribe all i'm asking for you to do is press a single button for our show mm-hmm. so do that please um and yeah again give the whip around podcast a listen and some falls as well um sean phil and dave and jill just put on a great time every fucking week dave the oreo 
Yes, Daniel <laughs> thinks one of them is a cookie. He's an Oreo. Yes. He's a, he's Daniel, pretend, um, he's, tell him about our other show. He's pretending to be a human. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we have another show called Watchmen on the clock where we talk about the new HBO show uh, Watchmen. Watchmen and we also talk on about the clock. This is the three of us, me and you, and also Katie Ann Kometz herself. Yes. Um, and There's a girl. We have we have three different, like, like kind of levels of being familiar and also steeped into the uh, the the legend of the Watchmen comic and the all the, ad, the film adaptation yeah. and like the various now it's it's actually a franchise which is a crazy thing to consider but yeah. it is um and yeah and then we talk about the new the the new show that's happening and we basically just yeah we watch every we we talk yeah. about the show right afterwards so if you just finished listening to this show yeah. and you happen to watch Watchmen last night put on that show Watchmen on the clock fuck yeah i mean yeah Daniel, put a link to it in our show notes okay it's kind of shocking that essentially also um they both come out on monday which is a an accident yeah that uh, was not a plan no it wasn't i mean yeah what are you going to do <clears throat> gabriel Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I want our listeners to, if you want to, if you want to uh, do a do not do me a solid. If you if you're very curious, you can buy my fiction, and you can find information about it at topgallantradio.com forward slash press. Press. Uh, we're basically find information on the fiction that I've written. I have two novels available: uh, "The Shadow from the Deep" and "A Cook in the Kingdom." Definitely check out "A Cook in the Kingdom." That's the one I like more. Hmm. Um, and yeah, you can find more information for that. You can get them at, at uh, anywhere where they sell eBooks, and also a physical copy through Amazon. Follow Daniel Gonzalez Fiction on Facebook. Yeah. That said, that's the end of the show. Uh, I started not talking well. I ended up not talking well. Pretty much. Uh, happy birthday to me. Happy birthday. Happy life day Yay, to Gabriel. 32. Oh, God. I, I wish, don't want to chant that. I wish I had it st- planned where like I could be playing the, the song they play at the end of the holiday special for Star Wars. You can edit that in. Uh, I, I, I will. That's going to be the music. Video. All right, cool. Gabriel. I'm gonna bye, bye. All right, bye.